Episode 7 of the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Broom, Community Manager for Sheffield Digital, and um, I'm not on this episode, apart from this bit that I'm recording right now. Um, I was elsewhere, unable to make it, but Mel Kanarek and Chris Diamond, two directors of Sheffield Digital, uh, they took the reins and um, they did a, a really interesting interview, actually, with, uh, with uh, Kathleen O'Donnell and Nathan Woodcock uh, from Frogman. Uh, Frogman uh, help companies and individuals with all of their immigration needs, whether that's uh, coming to the UK, travelling and working worldwide, all that kind of thing. It's a really interesting discussion. Um, I think you'll find it interesting. It's uh, it's, uh, it's an area that I think that lots of people don't know much about, but if you're interested in employment, immigration and all that kind of thing, then uh, you should definitely listen into to that. Um, after that... Mel and Chris go on to give their usual roundup of uh, all that's been happening in the Sheffield digital scene um, in Sheffield over the last uh, month or so, and um, and they end with a lovely Christmas message. I do have to tell you that the sound quality of this episode is not what we'd hoped for, not what it should be, and we're really sorry about it. Some buttons were pressed, others were not, and there may have been some fairly amateur instructions provided. Uh, before the whole shebang. It's still listenable too, though. It's not that bad. You just have to kind of get used to it. Um, so listen up, hope you enjoy it, and um, and I'll see you at the other end. So one of the things that we know everybody has a big challenge with is finding enough talent to keep the business growing and keep the wheels turning. And in Sheffield, it's easy to think that we need to pull all our talent from locally or from the surrounding area. But of course, there is a huge pool of, of talent out there in the rest of the world. And today we've got a couple of people with us here from Fragman uh, Legal Practice, who are specialists in visas and what's involved in bringing people from other countries to work here. So I'd like to introduce Kathleen O'Donnell. Morning. And Nathan Woodcock. Hello. Who are both here and they're going to um, give us a general overview talks about the options available when uh, it comes to bringing people into the UK to work in tech businesses. So um, I guess I'll start off just by maybe asking both of you, you know, do you see a lot of people coming to Sheffield to work in tech from other countries? Mm -hmm. So yes, we do. Um, We see a lot of people coming all over the country, but more recently we have seen across the, the northern um, hub cities, I would say, and, and now what, what the government's looking at with the hub cities. Um, I worked in Manchester previous to Sheffield, and I'm seeing exactly the same numbers coming into Sheffield and the same interest in, in tech um, within Sheffield. And it's also recognised as one of the, the core cities for um, the, the government will fast track endorsements for exceptional talent visas in the tech industry for people who live in Sheffield. So, so I would say yes, absolutely. Excellent. And what's actually involved in the immigration process, from the both from the company's point of view and also from the individual coming in? Mm-hmm. So uh, this varies depending on uh, what visa category is most appropriate uh, for the individual in question. Um, there's uh, Tier 2, uh, which is uh, company-sponsored migration, and um, that requires the company to get a sponsor license prior to the uh, individual making the visa application. Um, that uh, takes uh, 
a little bit of time, but we have uh, a dedicated team at Fragman that uh, are able to assist with those type of visas. Um, and um, we also have uh, a strong uh, sponsor license uh, application team as well that will be able to help with that. Um, but we're also uh, experiencing quite a variety of other areas of immigration law uh, coming into play as well within the local area. Um, so, for example, internships, we are getting a, quite a lot of interest from local businesses uh, in regards to our Tier 5 programme. Um, and uh, a lot of EA nationals now, with Brexit looming, are uh, coming to us for advice uh, about their circumstances and uh, whether they're able to naturalise as British uh, citizens uh, before Brexit occurs. Okay. So you mentioned Tier 2 and Tier 5. Mm. Are those just descriptive terms for different sorts of visas? or? Yeah, so, so they're the labels and names uh, for uh, particular categories of visas and, and within those uh, categories there are subcategories as well. Right, so lots of red tape to get through. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And um, if a company in Sheffield was looking to employ someone from another country, what kind of things do they need to think about? Well, uh, first, it's the cost involved and um, whether they're able to recruit locally. Uh, in most uh, cases, if we're looking at a Tier 2 general uh, type visa, uh, they'll need to uh, do what is called a resident labour market test uh, before they're able to um, sponsor the migrants. So that is a period of 28 days where they need to advertise the role to um, the public uh, so that any UK national or settled worker or EA national at the moment um, can apply for the job and if it is possible to um, find somebody locally to um, uh, take that position then uh, the company is obliged to uh, take that individual on. After that period of 28 days if uh, they're not able to find anybody from uh, the UK labour market then they're able to sponsor someone from outside of the UK. Okay. And um, in terms of sponsoring, what does the company have to do? So uh, first they need to obtain a sponsor licence. Um, that is an application that they need to make with the Home Office and they just need to show basically that they're a legitimate business in the UK and they have a legitimate reason why they want to bring migrants in into the UK. They're also uh, then under a duty, once they have the sponsor licence, to uh, make sure that the migrant is doing what they say they're doing. Um, so this is employer-led migration. It's uh, regulated not only by the Home Office, but because of fines and uh, things that can happen to the companies in question that have the sponsor licences by the Home Office, they have uh, a vested interest to make sure that they remain compliant with the uh, aspects of the immigration process. Okay, so <laughs> I, I think it can sound quite scary and onerous mm. and you know we've got lots of quite small companies in Sheffield mm. who still are really trying to grow mm. and are having trouble finding skilled people to, to help them with that growth. Do you have any words of reassurance for local businesses in terms of what it's actually like to go through this process? Well there are um, provisions in place that make it a little bit easier for uh, smaller companies. So for example, if they are a small company of under 50 employees, the, the fees involved uh, from the Home Office's side, uh, they are reduced. And uh, the best advice that anybody 
uh, working in the immigration field could give to smaller companies is uh, do seek legal advice when you're uh, looking at uh, getting involved with this process, otherwise it can get messy pretty quickly. Um, but just to give a little bit of reassurance, um, it is pretty clear once you know what you're doing, what you need to do and the obligations that you need to fulfil. And uh, it's you know just making sure that all of the paperwork is in order. Um, and again, you know, we at Fragman, we're uh, friendly. We're a friendly bunch, and we'd be happy to assist with anything, any queries, uh, even if it doesn't lead to application. Just to pe put people in the picture, really, as to what their options are. That's great. It's always nice to know some friendly legal people you can go and talk to. Um, now, we've heard about the. A visa scheme that tech, and I have to get all the names right because they keep changing, was Tech UK mm -hmm. and Tech North, so Tech North was helping with visas in the north of England and now of course they're becoming tech nations so presumably that will work all over the country. But what's, what's special if anything about that scheme, can you tell me? So um, this is a, a great scheme for the, the tech industry. It is Exceptional Talent Visa and tech, tech Nation looks after it. So they're the body that, that endorses visas under Exceptional Talent. So you need to be endorsed as a leader and if you're applying for Exceptional Talent Visa in the digital industry. So a, a really significant um, level you would have had to have reached to be at the top of your field in, in the digital industry. Or you can be endorsed as emerging leader for exceptional promise in digital technology. So again, the endorsement process is all done by Tech Nation, and you have to submit um, a lot of backup to show that you are a leader or an emerging leader. And then the Home Office will endorse you. Uh, sorry, the Tech Nation will endorse you to the Home Office, and then you can make a visa application under this scheme, and it gives you three years to stay here initially after which time you can apply for settlement. So in this scheme, actually, there have been some um, significant uh, changes, I would say, um, over the last week and indeed today. We've had um, an immigration change overnight um, that is, is uh, relevant to the exceptional talent visa. So um, one of the things that I wanted to, to point out was with um, Tech Nation extending the visa scheme across the whole of the UK and with them looking after it, they have invested an additional, so the government's invested an additional 21 million into Tech City UK to create this national network of hubs. Um, so Sheffield isn't one at the minute, so they're banned in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Belfast, Cardiff and London, um, but Sheffield is classed as a core city, which means that the endorsement process by um, Tech Nation is um, done more quickly because if you apply from Sheffield, so that's interesting. Um, so it, it's specifically focusing on the funding going to help entrepreneurs in AI and fintech, and it's also going to give 40,000 people the, the chance to develop the skills they need to start a digital business, so the government's really behind them. Um, so this is important. The number of visas available under the scheme used to be a thousand and it's gone up to two thousand, which is again the government's recognition of how many people that they want to um, have in this industry and, and bring into the UK the specialists. And um, these will be made available to people who we've said are existing global leaders, so um, coming to Sheffield, or promising future leaders in digital uh, technology.
Okay, but then that sounds like it's up to the individual to put themselves forward. Yeah. So if a company were to, to find an individual, mm -hmm. they would then sort of need to point them at that scheme and it would be up to the individual to Absolutely. Can the company right. get involved or help at all? The company will, will help in the sense that they will be the people who, who endorse um, the individual. So they will say, my person is indeed a leader because here's the evidence of what they've done in, in their company. So yeah, they would be very much involved in, in helping in that mm -hmm. way. And um, it is, you do need to submit some significant evidence because you're saying that you're a global leader or an emerging leader. But there is a lot of backup evidence and that's why I think the company should have. Okay, excellent. Now we mentioned the B word briefly okay. earlier, but um, it's very much on everybody's minds at the moment. Um, can you see any likely impact as we move closer towards the 2019 deadline? What that's going to do to the availability of talent and the ability to bring talent in from elsewhere? From uh, the <coughs> regional perspective, um, once Brexit hits, um, and uh, this I'm just talking about the uh, EA nationals who are not actually in the UK at the moment, um, there will be an impact because they will then come under the new UK immigration regime, which unfortunately we don't have that much detail of at the moment. Um, but it's likely that um, costs of applications will go up uh, for EA nationals uh, after the UK uh, immigration regime uh, applies to them rather than the EA regulations. Um, and also, at when uh, Brexit occurs, they're going to have uh, all EEA nationals are going to have a, a two-year grace period in which to um, uh, normalise, in a way, uh, their stay in the UK. Um, we've had uh, a recent uh, a paper published uh, yesterday uh, confirming uh, some rights for EEA nationals, um, but what happens in practice is, is still yet to be seen. Um, so many EA nationals within the local area are approaching us at Fragment at the moment, uh, requesting assistance with um, permanent residence applications, and um, we are assisting uh, with those. And just to give uh, listeners a, a little bit of an idea as to what they would need to do in order to uh, obtain permanent residence, they would need to have exercised treaty rights in the UK for a period of five years, and uh, exercising treaty rights could come in uh, different forms. Uh, the usual way is uh, that you're in full-time employment in the UK. You could also be self-employed, uh, you could be a student, or you could be self-sufficient, among others. Um, and you could use uh, certain uh, parts of what I've just said in, in different periods. So, for example, if you just finished uh, your bachelor's degree or your uh, master's degree, and so you've been in the UK as a student for a certain period of years, then you moved into um, full-time work, then you could use both of those periods to uh, make the five-year period that you need. Um, at the moment, uh, the uh, cost of applications for uh, an EA uh, permanent residence uh, application is £65. So that is uh, very low compared to most UK immigration type applications. Um, so, um, you know, th there are a lot of people questioning whether it's worth going for EA permanent residence now, uh, despite uh, the government's uh, announcement that people with permanent residence before Brexit will have to apply again 
after Brexit. Uh, so then they come under the new UK regime uh, for immigration, rather than the old regime under the EEA regs, where the European Court of Justice could get in, involved. Uh, and the UK government do not like the, uh, them to get involved. Um, so, uh, yeah, so when, when it comes to these type of applications, you know, the best advice is uh, it's worth putting the application in now, and then at least when Brexit occurs, uh, you'll be able to go and make the application for your new EA permanent residence after Brexit. But um, you know, you'd, you'd, you're supposed to have a streamlined service in place after Brexit. In addition to that, if you've been in the UK for more than five years, say you've been here for six years. Uh, and you're interested in naturalising as a British citizen, but you don't have your EEA permanent residence yet, then it's worth applying for the EEA permanent residence now. And uh, we at Fragman have been uh, uh, making representations to uh, the Home Office, uh, requesting that uh, individuals' uh, permanent residence are backdated to the point that they had the five years. So that many people now, even though they've just received their EA permanent residence cards, they are now able to go for naturalisation and not have to wait the 12 month period between obtaining uh, permanent residence and then going for a naturalisation application because the Home Office provide letters stating that their permanent residence is backdated to a certain date. So that makes the process a lot quicker for a lot of people. Okay, so if you are um, uh an EA, European area um, yeah. citizen, right. and you're currently living, working in Sheffield, and you've been here for up to five years or more, then it's a really good idea just to get an application in now, mm -hmm. pre-Brexit, and hopefully that will put you in good stead after Brexit, although we don't know for sure, in a nutshell. We don't know for sure in a nutshell, but from the announcements that the government have made, uh, that seems to be the best course of action. If you have been here for six years, uh, then it's likely that you may be eligible for naturalisation. But before you, you're eligible for naturalisation, you would need the EA uh, permanent residence card. You can't make the naturalisation application, unfortunately, without the permanent residence card. So you'd have to make both applications. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Thanks. That was that was really detailed and really really helpful. So I've got one more question, which is, you know, we have a lot of students in Sheffield who are from outside of Europe, so from Asia, from Middle East, from all over, and lots of very talented young people coming here to study, and it would be great to encourage some of them to stay and then, you know, work in the city and build a career here. Um, what kind of help is available to those kinds of students after they graduate? in order for them to take up jobs here in the city? Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's a great question and very topical for us actually. And uh, Last month we were lucky enough to speak at the, the Sheffield Management Business School to the international students who, who want to stay. Um, and we had so many, many questions and so much interest in people who want to stay in Sheffield. Indeed, some of them in, in the tech industry. So the options are, number one, many of the students can um, apply under the tier one entrepreneur route if they want to set up their own company. So we had a lot of questions on that. So for example, if you want to set up a, a tech um, digital company here in Sheffield, you would need to be able to show that you can invest £200,000 um, in the business. So if uh, you have access to that money, 
then it is an option and you have to show that you can invest it for the period of, of the visa. Um, other options are graduate entrepreneur where you're endorsed by your university or by the Sirius program um, and that is a less lesser funding of 50,000 is needed. So they're popular routes for people who want to set up their own company. Um, other routes that are very popular for students are, as Nathan mentioned earlier, um, finding the company you want to work for and they want to employ you. And then if they don't have a licence, um, it, it, it is not um, a very, very onerous pro process to get one. I'd really encourage people, if you want to employ an overseas student, they've got the skills that you need. Um, it, the Home Office um, will help, we can help. Um, to, to get the company a license and then the student can apply under tier two as a skilled worker. Um, the other option then is the one we've just been through, which is the exceptional talent, of which there is in, in Sheffield. So um, I, I think those are the main options that we see. If um, a student abroad who's not lived in Sheffield but hears how good it is from their university friends here, etc., um, wants to come and, and set up a business, if they're already working in the tech um, business abroad, for example, they could come as a representative of that business and set up their own and um, set up the a branch of, of the business here. So that's another option. But I'd say it's, it's a really topical because students we not really want to say. That's that's <laughs> so, great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just just to add to that, um, mm -hmm. if they are looking at the uh, tier two uh, route, tier two general route. Um, uh, the resident labour market test uh, that I mentioned before, is, is there a tier 4 student and they've completed their course of study in the UK and are able to demonstrate that through their degree certificate or a final transcript, then uh, the period of 28 days of advertising uh, does not need to take place. So, you know, that's, that's another way in which um, local talent could be encouraged to stay within the local area. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Thank you both very much. Is there anything else that you wanted to make sure that we knew? I, I would like to add one thing actually, specifically for, for the tech industry in Sheffield. So we're near the Home Office, the Migration Advisory Committee. Um, the Home Office has um, asked them to, to provide a consultation about what people, um, how they see um, business after breakfast. Brexit, sorry. <laughs> Hi. Um, how they want the new immigration system to look. So it's a real chance for um, the digital tech industry to feedback via this consultation and um, by the, the Migration Advisory Committee. They will be delighted if you respond to that and, and it could be perhaps Sheffield Digital on behalf of your members who can help you to formulate a response or members individually might want to um, feedback and, and have your voice heard about how you, you want this immigration system to look after Brexit and how it will, will help um, your industry. So we have help and the exceptional talent the government wants to help the industry, I think. So um, if you let them know what it means to you, what, what Brexit means, etc. for the tech industry, then that would be really um, useful, I think. Okay, that's great. Where can we find more information about that consultation? So it's on, it's on the Home Office website and on the Migration Advisory Committee website. Um, and they'll be feeding back reports from the interim reports throughout um, until the Brexit um, and then we'll provide the recommendations um, next year on, on what everyone has said. So that'll be, that'll be great. We can put it in the show notes as well. We will, yeah. <laughs> um, I just had um, just one question actually. It, it occurs to me that um, 
Yes, seeing where companies are looking for um, staff from abroad is a good indicator of where we have skill shortages in the city. So I wonder, if do you have any kind of insight into which kinds of skills are being looked for externally? Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, it, it does seem to be uh, software mm-hmm. uh, engineer type roles. Right. Um, and, and that's an area in which I know the universities are, are trying to focus on mm-hmm. uh, to build uh, people's experience because a, a lot of the graduates, you know, they have the, the know-how, uh, but mm-hmm. in terms of actually putting that down yeah. and uh, bringing it to the workplace, uh, there is a little bit of a divergence there. So um, we are finding a lot of uh, software development mm-hmm. for roles um, and also senior management roles as well. Right. Um, yeah, I'm just going to add as well, if I may, um, that we are getting an increasing uh, amount of interest in uh, sponsor licences within the local area mm-hmm. uh, through a range of sectors. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if anyone does have any queries, or you know, maybe it's something that they would like to think about for their future exp- expansion plans, uh, then you know, this is something that we could discuss with them. Fantastic. Marvellous. Thank you both so much for coming in and uh, bearing with us while we got ourselves organised today. Um, so that was Nathan and Kathleen from Fragolin. Yeah, thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so uh, a very quick raffle through some updates on what's been going on. It feels like we've been insanely busy and can't believe that it's however many days it is till We have been insanely busy. <laughs> insanely busy. Um, so, yes, for your um, edification. Um, the Sheffield's bid to Channel 4 is still going on. There is still work happening. Um, they have a really cool idea, which is to create a screen institute here in Sheffield, where Channel 4 would be a major partner. And this would play really well to the strengths of the city in terms of independent filmmaking, in terms of DocFest, in terms of all the people out there who are making amazing video and film content. It's, it's a great idea anyway, independently of the Channel 4 bid. Yeah, so we need to make this happen or we need to help make this happen if we can. And there's a way for all of you out there to get involved, which is if you create video content or film content and you'd like to put some of it forward to go into a compilation that's being made to pitch at Channel 4, then please do so. Uh, you can do get involved by getting in touch with Creative Sheffield or Joy Colloy, because Joy Colloy are helping to pull it together, and we'll put the details in the show notes as well. There's a form or something, isn't there, did I see? Or am I making that up? Um, I thought there was, a, there was a URL with something yes, to get involved. Yes, there is. There's a URL to a web page and a thing to fill in. Okay. Um, the deadline is will probably pass by the time you hear this, but don't let that stop you because deadlines are just there to have a deadline as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> There's still opportunities to get involved. Yeah. <coughs> okay. Um, IoT North, what's that about? So um, IoT Tribe is um, an oh, yeah, inter- Tribe. Internet of Things accelerator. And they are now going to be running a program uh, at the Digital Media Centre in Barnsley uh, called IoT Tribe North. They've hired an accelerator manager who's a gentleman called Luca Cinti, um, who has loads of experience working in all kinds of industry and is going to be a really inspirational accelerator manager, I think. The first call, oh, I can't get my words out today. The 
first cohort starts in January. It's a 12-week programme. There's going to be lots of opportunities for the people on the programme to network and get involved with stuff going on in and around Sheffield. So do keep an eye on that and see if there's ways for you to get involved as well. So the cohort isn't decided yet? There's still still applications, is it? Uh, I think the applications close uh, this week. Okay. Um, I understand they've had applications from all over the world as I was well as say, the yeah. country. So are there any local cool. ones in there? Uh, I could. They wouldn't tell me. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully there are. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that brings us on to the Urban Flows Observatory, um, which is this big IoT project and sensing project at um, at the University of Sheffield. Um, so they're on a three-year joint project with with um, the University in Newcastle and Bristol um, to create a sensor network and the Sheffield one is looking at the metabolism of the city so energy in energy out and as part of that program they're running annual competitions for people with good ideas for new things to sense and measure and um, so the, the, the this year is going to be about sensing I think next year it's going to be about um, analytics and then third is about visualization I think um, uh, but there's they they've just launched their first competition um, and so there's four thousand pounds worth of basically prize money in kit for anyone who's got an idea for something new to measure in the city um, they're, they're looking for new things to um, new types of data to get into their data pool for the, for the observatory so things that they're not planning on measuring at the moment, um, so at the moment, I mean, they're they're planning on they're putting weather stations out and measuring air quality as well as um, uh, heat and other energy sources. But um, anyone who can come up with an idea for something new to measure and uh, put a they're, they're looking for expressions of interest. I think by before Christmas certainly um, that can then be developed further in January. Um, but that's a really good thing to get involved in. Yeah, it sounds very, very cool. I saw on Twitter today a picture of what they think their sensor van is going to be. Yeah, that's right. Which yeah. I kind of thought was very neat. I look forward to seeing that driving around. Yeah. Okay, so we've had all kinds of really good news um, in the digital scene just in the past week or so. I wanted to run through them quickly because it's notable how much stuff is going on. So, uh, Sumo Digital. Sumo Digital, I haven't been drinking, honest, um, are going to be listing on AIM, mm-hmm. which is just amazing, yeah, really brilliant. exciting. Yeah, valuation's good as well. Yeah, yeah, so fantastic news, congratulations to them. Um, David Richards from Wandisco announced this week that he's setting up a foundation to support the development of digital skills in schools in Sheffield. Um, and as anybody who listens to this knows, skills is um, yeah. very close to my heart and, uh, and to Chris's as well. Mm. So we're thrilled to hear about that. I'm going to see if we can get hold of David mm. to find out more about that. Yeah, we invited him onto the podcast and we'll, we'll ask him about it and see what's Absolutely, we might have to do a remote podcast from California. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and then the... Um, the new building on the digital campus, so next to Electric Works yeah. and, and the other building, which is called Asero, yeah. um, the uh, company is going to be taking a whole floor in there. They're called SimSip, and I don't really know what they do. I think Chris knows. 
Oh, I don't know specifically. They they, they do simulate simulation and modelling, I think, for pharma and other applications. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, data, software, visualisation, yeah. analytics. So that's another digital company from outside coming into the city. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if they are. Are they coming in from outside? I, I think they may be somewhere else close by oh. already. Okay, I'm not, I'm not entirely that. sure though, but yeah. the fact they're taking on a whole floor in there is good news. That is very exciting. Um, and then, of course, our friends at The Flow, um, who are real poster children for the city, but mm-hmm. just an amazing company, they welcomed Baroness Rona Fairhead, UK Minister for International Trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some great pictures and stories about that. Mm-hmm. They were so, also in, in Downing Street a couple of weeks ago, I think, yeah. for a cabinet office roundtable meeting, one of only, you know, like a handful of companies from across the country. Yeah, so representing, which is fantastic, and Sam Chapman was recently in China at a big conference yeah. as well. So, Sheffield, seen all over the world, what we <laughs> like to hear. Uh, and then we've got um, a couple of our startups uh, from Northern Stars uh, at TechCrunch Disrupt in Berlin. So that's Tutora, who are well known to us, and Sport80, um, who we don't know very well, actually, but uh, are a, they, uh, they make a platform for sports clubs that's very nice yeah. and shiny. So Sport80, if you're out there, we'd love to get to know you better. <laughs> get in touch. <laughs> and lastly, just rounding back on my um, skills thing, I wanted to say a big thank you to the companies who came to the two roundtables we held at Sheffield College to talk with them about their plans for a software engineering apprenticeship. Um, We had some really fantastic feedback, really great conversations, and I'll be organising some follow-up events in uh, January. So I'll be in touch with everybody who uh, came to those or was interested in coming to those. Uh, If you think you'd like to get interested, then please get in touch with me in the usual way. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay, should we move on to events that are coming up? There's, there's, yeah, I guess into January as well, but there's still a few before the end of the year, aren't there? There are. There's actually there's loads going on. Um, not sure if this podcast will get out in time, but I hope so, and I expect everyone will be knee-deep in Christmas cheer by then. But don't forget, uh, the platform is on Thursday the 14th of December at the workstation. It's our annual collaboration with the workstation Sheffield Tech Arts have a bit of a Christmas bash. bash. There will be games. There will be far too many people. There will be loud music. There will be free drinks. Bright lights. There will be drink. There will be food. Um, I really hope to see you there yeah. uh, to celebrate what's been one hell of a year, actually. Yeah, I, I got my babysitting sorted last night, so I will be there. Um, also, the day before, uh, there's an amazing event going on at the Roco called the Future of Hardware Christmas Special, being sponsored by Autodesk, with some amazing speakers, um, including, I'm glad to say, out of four speakers, three women. So, yay. Um, check that out. It's on Eventbrite. We'll include it in our shows. It's on uh, the Sheffield Digital website mm-hmm. events page as yeah. well. Yeah, looks really interesting. Um, I'd better mention also... Um, Next Friday, so this, I mean, this podcast may not be published before, but Friday the 15th um, is a mentor day at UTC, University Technical College uh, uh, in the city, so uh, the one in the CIQ. Um, and 
the, any animation or web design or games companies that want to go and meet the um, school kids there. So that's um, GCSE, uh, A-level and A-level students at the UTC. Um, they love meeting people who work in the industry and it's a fantastic way to talk to them and talk to them about careers, talk to them about what it's like to really work in the industry. Um, they've got lots of employees engaging from film and from media in general. Um, but I would really like to get more screen-based um, practitioners there to talk to them. I think that would be fantastic. So if anybody's out there that fancies, there's two sessions in the morning, I think one from 9 until just gone 10 and one from 10 to 30 till 12 or something. And so it's an hour and a half of your day to go and meet some really amazing kids that are learning great skills and want to know more about what it's like to really use them. Excellent. Do, is there information about that on the UTC website? Uh, there is information about on that about on the UTC website, also in our skills section on our website, and we'll put it in the show notes as well. There's a link to um, to get in touch. So, you know, just send an email to the guys that organise it at the UTC, and I'll be only too happy to welcome you. And then looking ahead to next year, oh my God, 2018, hmm. uh, lots of good stuff coming up in January. So Front End North is back. Um, amazing front-end conference yeah, put, on, put on by the guys from Make Do. Got a great lineup of speakers. Um, if you want to get along, and I really think you should, there is a discount code available on our website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Frontend North is you know it's kind of it's a homegrown product at Barnsley in Sheffield, um, but it, it's, a, it's a great conference, uh, and it'd be really nice to get other things going on around the same time. Um, so just a, a shout out to meetup organizers. Um, if you organize things for, for around when Front End North is on, um, we can all, we can feed that into the messaging about the, about the Front End North, um, and maybe get some, get some uplift. Um, one of the things that I know is happening is the Agile Sheffield and DevOps Sheffield meetups are merging for a one-off joint event on, I think it's the 25th. So just a few days after, um, Front End North, um, and both of those meetups get a lot of people. So um, I think, uh, yeah, they're looking at 70 plus people at that meetup, which would be fantastic. So um, get involved in that as well. And um, yeah, January, it'd be great if January, January when there's very little other things going on, was kind of a, you know, became a, a good time of year to do conferences for practitioners and for the for industry people. I think that'd be great. Uh, and yeah, so uh, just a general shout out to meetup organizers to let us know what's going on and make sure your your events uh, are up to date in meetup and your links are correct for to the open tech calendar so that it all gets pulled through into Slack and onto our Twitter and everything else. Um, that's it. I think I don't know if we're doing another podcast before Christmas, are we? I doubt we are. So <laughs> I, I wanted too. to take this opportunity to wish everybody a very very happy Christmas. Yeah. A prosperous new year. I think 2017 has been the year that Sheffield Digital well and truly arrived. So yeah. uh, let's build on that next let's year. Let's build on it next year. Uh, 2018 will be the year we take over, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Baby steps. <laughs> but thanks again for all your support and have a fantastic holiday. Absolutely. Merry Christmas, everyone. And there you have it. Did you get used to it? I guess you must have done if you got this far. Uh, Thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for listening to all of the episodes we've done so far um, of this uh, Sheffield Digital podcast. Um, We think it's uh, it's gone all right, and we're going to be doing more in the new year. 
So do get in touch if you have some ideas about anything really it could be the, the 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 format of the show it could be the topics it could be the length it could be uh suggestions for people to interview all good just get in touch and let us know um we need to say a big thank you to uh all of the sheffield digital members who signed up for membership this last few months um uh, really appreciate your support and and to our sponsors too so that's uh, the associate sponsors you can find out more about all of these people on our on our website, but uh, that's uh, Shorts, Sheffield College, North Coders, and Benchmark. Of course, if you uh, are hearing this for the first time and you're not subscribed to the show, then you must immediately go and sort that out and do it. Uh, you can subscribe uh, in uh, Apple Podcasts if you use a tablet. You know, not a tablet; it has to be an iPad, I'm afraid. Um, iPad or an iPhone. Um, if you're on Android uh, in any capacity, then uh, Pocket Casts is good. We recommend that. Of course, you can just go over to good old iTunes and subscribe there too. And leave a review. That really helps too. Helps spread the word. Um, and, and I think that's it uh, for this uh, for this uh, 2017. Thanks so much for listening again. And I uh, hope you have a wonderful break. And we'll see you in the new year. <laughs>